was God. Your miracle, yeah. Healing in 
Come on, do you need God to do something in your life? Won't you just say, Lord, I need a move. I need a move of you, oh God, in my life, in my home, on my workplace, in my schooling, at my university. Oh God. And doors begin to open. Bible says, ask and you shall receive, knock and it shall be opened unto you, seek and you shall find, God is about to do it in your life, all you got to do is just begin to seek, all you got to do is begin to knock, all you got to do is begin to ask, begins to move in a supernatural way, miracles happen when you Lord, we in expectation of a miracle, oh God, this morning. A miracle in our lives, a miracle in our families. Just a fresh touch, Lord. In this room, miracles happen when you move. Heaven is coming. Miracles happen. Father, this touch every heart, every life. Father, this remove every obstacle, every bondage, O oh God, every stronghold of the lives of your sons and daughters. This show up, O oh God, this morning, like only you can. We pray open heavens over the lives of your people. A place, oh God, where divine exchanges take place. A place, oh God, where you give us beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garments of praise with the spirit of heaviness. Lord, just remove every heaviness of the lives of your people. Every negative word, every negative encounter, every bitterness, oh God, every unforgiveness will be removed in the name of Jesus. Let there just be a freedom of worship, a freedom of worship. I will lift my hands, I will lift my heart, I will lift my voice toward the heavens. For he is a, he is a restorer of my strength. God is your exceeding great reward. He is your restorer. He is a restorer of all things concerning.
John chapter 17 verse 1 says these words spoke Jesus as he lifted up his eyes towards heaven and he said father the hour is come glorify your son that your son may glorify you whenever we ask God give us your glory give us more of your glory we got to respond like Jesus did he says Lord glorify yourself in your uh, glorify yourself in your son so that your son may, may glorify you when God shares when God deposits when God touches your life you should become a resounding sound of what he has done in your life and as thou hast given him power over all flesh that he shall have he shall give eternal life to as many that has he has given him this is the life eternal that they may know that you are the only true god jesus christ whom thou hast sent i have glorified you on the earth i have finished the work which you gave me yeah. and now father glorify yourself glorify yourself and the glory that I had with you before the world began I have manifested your name unto the men which you gave us me out of the world thine they were and you gave them to me and they have kept your word now they have known all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of you amen Jesus makes this statement. He says, Father, glorify yourself in me. And then he comes in verses 4 and he says, Be glorified in the earth. The way God is glorified in the earth is by you finishing the work he gave you. Amen. Nobody can finish the task that God has given you. No one can finish the assignment that God has given you. I pray that you will finish the assignment. And as you finish your assignment, you give glory to God. God is glorified on the earth when you begin to fulfill your purpose, your mandate on the earth. But he comes in and he says, Now manifest your, your name unto all men that you gave out of the world. Amen. They belong to you before you gave them to me. But today... God says, they have kept your word. May we be a people that have kept God's word. May we be a people that walk in God's word. May we be a people that establish God's word. Father, we bless you. We glorify you. This morning, as we enter into, into your house, with worship, with praise, with an expectation, Lord, we say, speak to us, Lord. We say, speak to us, Lord. Transform our hearts. Transform our minds. Transform our spirits. We heal to you, Lord. We heal to you. We surrender to you. Come on. We surrender to you. Oh, God, just come and have your way in us, oh, God. Just minister, oh, God. Touch our lips with the coals from the altar of God. Father, take off all limitations, Father. Father, today, Lord, let there be no restriction. Let there be no barrier. Oh God, let nothing hold us back from coming into all that you have for us. 
So bless your sons and your daughters as we worship you today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. Amen. Well, welcome to all of you into the house of the Lord. It's so good to have you here. Amen. And we're going to just keep on worshiping and praising God. Amen. And I, I pray that you would just have an encounter with God that will not only just touch your life, but will change and transform you. I know God's got a word for you today. Amen. Let's just worship God. Welcome to all of you. Amen. God bless. Hallelujah. Church of God, we hear the praise of Heavenly Father. Come on. Put our hands together. Do whatever the person next to you right now. All praise belongs to you, God. Yeah. Right now, I see lightning, I hear thunder, something's stirring right now.
right now. Amen, amen. I know I'm putting my team in the spot. God, can we do the song Lion right now? Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We're going to roar right now. Amen. Oh, the devil is a liar. Come on. Come on, Paul's house. Something stirring in the atmosphere right now. King of angels, son of man, son of man, is the voice, voice of many waters, song of heaven's throne, louder than thunder, yeah, 
Hallelujah. Let's sing. Be 
We dishonor you right now, right now, Father God. We bless your holy name. We're calling on the God right now. That holds it all together. We dishonor you, Father. It's you that's always in the center of everything, oh God. So I, so I 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, God, you're in the middle, yeah. You hold it, you are the L, you are the L, and Omega. Of the Lord. The of yeah, the you see, we can't be confident. I'm confident. I'm confident. As my season. again everybody that is trusting God just for a breakthrough in your life just for a new encounter for some of you this is a new season may the Lord go before you yes God may his spirit be your rear God may God surround you on every end some of you are in new territory but God's showing up on your behalf. Yes, God. You go. You go before us, Lord. Yes, God. You prepare a blessing. You made a way. You made a way. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. You trust God for something fresh. You trust in God for something new. Won't you just begin to just speak that? Won't you just begin to just prophetically declare over my life? My best is yet to come. My best is yet to come. My latter will be greater than my past. You're holding it all together, Lord. You're holding it all together. My present, my future. You're holding it all together. 
all is in your hands. We worship you. to say he makes uh, rivers in the desert in the dry places God's making a way in the most impossible situation I do not know whether somebody in this house this morning is saying God make a way for me come on if it is you don't worry about the person next to you and the other people but you need God to show up yes, God. you need God to show up on your job you need God to show up in your business you need God to show up in your university you need God to show up in your schooling God's making a way all you got to do is just begin to prophesy just begin to speak the Bible says call those things that are not as though they are somebody needs a breakthrough just for a financial breakthrough just to begin to make rent and to just make your payments God's about to make a way in the name of Jesus would you in faith this morning thank him for the things that you don't right now see for the things that you right now don't have but you call it in you call it forth in the name of Jesus we honor you we honor you we, we honor you we honor you we bless your name we bless your name Father we this give you praise we thank you for the weightiness of your presence that we feel in this place now father even as we posture ourselves to hear a word from you we say like Samuel did speak Lord speak Lord for we your servants here thank you for your servant Thank you for what you have placed in his heart and in his spirit.
to deliver to us. So, Father, just protect him. Just cover him. Just strengthen him. Father, I pray that that which you, as he begins to disseminate the word that you have placed in his heart. Let our testimony be like those on the road to Emmaus. That said, didn't our hearts but burn within us as we heard the truth. So we thank you for this defining moment. We thank you for this season that you have Potter's house and the family of God in. Speak to us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen, amen. You may be seated. Amen, amen. Our Sunday school may leave, amen, and uh, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Thanks to the worship team. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now, one of the things that we heard Dr. Mbadi make a statement, and he said, when this preacher comes, draw everything you can out of him. Amen. That when he leaves, let him leave empty. Amen. Amen. I've learned one way that you begin to access grace is you draw it. That means you be engaged. And I'm here to say to you, for some of you that have not heard Friday's message, please. There is the recording on YouTube. There's a recording on Facebook. Please hear it. It's a very, very important word that is setting the platform for where we're going to. Amen? And so today we, have, we, are, ple we, we are pleased to have with us uh, Dr. Gregory Fuller, uh, Bishop Dr. Gregory Fuller, all the way from Augusta in Georgia. Amen. He's no stranger to Potter's house. He's part of the furniture. Amen. Amen. He's here 18 years. Amen. 18 years. He's been coming every year, only the two years of the pandemic. Amen. So we just thank God for him. We thank God for the sacrifice. Thank God for all that he has done. Amen. In bringing the man of God here. Dr. Fuller, we appreciate the sacrifice. We appreciate the effort you've made to be with us. You could be anywhere in the world, but we thank God that you're here. We, we pray that God will bless everything concerning you. God will bless your plans. God will bless your dreams. God will intervene and open doors supernaturally that your feet will touch new territory. I'll pray that over Macedonia and all that God intended for that ministry, it will begin to come into to fruition. We, we believe in God that, that that which is a dream, that which is a desire in your heart, even for the worship center, it's coming. Amen. Amen. That we will put our feet in it. We will stand in it and rejoice with you because what God has birthed in you, it may have been delayed but not denied. This is a season of entering in. This is a season, and may you be like Joseph. May your, may your branches go over the walls. May you be a fruitful bough, and that everyone that is connected with you will see the fruitfulness of God. Let's put our hands together as we receive Bishop Dr. Fuller.
Bless the Lord. Come on, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Bless God. If you will, just for a moment, bow your head with me for a word of prayer. Not by might nor by power, but by your spirit, Lord. Hear the threats of the enemy. Hear the threats of the enemy, Master. And let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. For, Lord, you are our strength and our redeemer. Stretch forth your hand to heal and let signs and wonders be done in the name of your holy son, Jesus. This is our prayer. Amen. Oh, we bless the Lord. Y'all all right this morning? Amen. All right. Good to be back with you. Good to, uh, good to uh, be able to share with my family again. Pastor Gerald, again, all that you pray upon me, I pray upon you and even more. Sister Annie, thank you so much for your love, hospitality, just all of you all, just thank you. I'm not going to start naming everybody, just y'all. That's the way we say it in Georgia, y'all. That's the way they say it. I'm not from Georgia. I just pastored there. But bless God. I bless God for all of you all, and I pray God's blessings upon you. It's amazing how God works because the song that was sung before the last song is the message. What was that? Um, God bless you. Um, what was that? God bless you. Come on, mountains. What was it? Not lying after that one. God of your future. That's it. That's it. You go before me. That's it. That song actually is the message. On last Saturday, as we were together for the covenant service, I ministered what to you? Thank God for what you want. Praise God. And then this past Friday, what did I minister? Come, come on, y'all. What, what was it? Being prepared for royal purpose. Let's go into the scripture. I'm going to have you, uh, would you do something for me? I know you don't normally stand for the scripture. We don't either. But I want you to stand. Not for the, I want you to stand as I read the scripture because there's something that I want you to do after the scripture. Okay? Can we just stand just for a moment? All right. We're going to Genesis chapter 13, verses 1 through 4. And then we're going to slide down to Genesis 13, verses 14 to 18. Genesis 13, 1 to 4, and then we're going to go to 14 to 18. Listen to this. <clears throat> I'm reading from New King James Version. The scripture says, And Abram went up from Egypt, he and his family and all that he had, and Lot with him. To the south, Abram was very rich in livestock and silver and in gold. He went on his journey from the south as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai, to the place where the altar which he had made there at first, at first, and there Abram called on the name of the Lord. Verses 14 to 18, and the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I give you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through this, its length and its width, for I give it to you. Then Abram moved his tent and went and dwelt by the terebinth trees of Mamre, which are in Hebron. And built an altar there to the Lord. I want you to just, yeah, I want you to just look at somebody right now. Just look at somebody and say, neighbor, neighbor. 
God has got more in store for you. Amen. Now, if you can just put your pads or, pencil or, or whatever down just for a moment, I want you to go by and fist bump three people and tell them, prophesy to them, God has got more in store for you. Come on, three people, three people. Come on, speak it like, speak it like you mean it. God has got more in store for you. God has got more in store for you. God has got, Pastor Gerald, three times. Pastor Joe, three times, God has got more in store for you. God has got more in store for you. God has got more in store for you. Now, give God praise for that prophetic word. That's the word that was given to you. You may be seated. That's the word that was given to me as I, we were, I was flying here. I was, I was asking the Lord what he would have me to minister, and the Lord shared this with me to tell them I have more in store for them. This is a prophetic word to the potter's house, but not just to the potter's house, but to, but to you as members and participants in the potter's house as well. Now, as, when I say participants, there are people who are watching on Facebook. I believe with everything within me, in fact, I know with everything within me, that as you're watching this, God brought you to watch this right now at this time, or whatever time you watch it, because God's word to you is that God has more in store for you. Amen. Amen. Pastor Gerald, as I've been ministering uh, and pastoring for over 30 years now, the one thing that I found is that there are two, there's more than two, but there are two great enemies of the church or two great enemies, I should say, of the church and in the church. The two great enemies that I'm speaking of is the spirit of apathy and the spirit of complacency. Apathy, that feeling of, or rather I should say the lack of feeling where there's no emotion, where there's no excitement, where people just come to church and they, they live their lives and there's no joy. There's no passion. There's no excitement about anything. It doesn't matter how uh, the praise team sings. It doesn't matter how the preacher preaches. They just sit there, as I say, like a bump on the log, as if nothing. I mean, you, you, you can get a pin and prick them and they still wouldn't move. Apathy. But then complacency, that, that, that spirit that says, I'm satisfied. Now, again, I kind of alluded to this on, on, in the covenant service on last week, Saturday. I am never satisfied. You should never be satisfied. Paul says, I've learned to be content in everything. He says, I've learned to have and I've learned to uh, uh, not have. I've learned to be rich. I've learned to be poor. I've learned to be full and I've learned to be empty. And Paul says, I've learned in every state that I am to be content. Content is different than satisfied, and that content means wherever God has me, I'm going to bless him. Whatever God, wherever state God puts me in, he's still God. I'm still going to bless his name and be thankful. But satisfied is the spirit that says, I got enough and don't want anything else. God, we should never, as God's children, get to a place where we are satisfied. Not when, as I said on last Saturday, not when our God can do exceedingly, abundantly more. How many of you believe that? Come on, how many believe that God can do more than you can ask or even think? We should never be satisfied. We should always be moving towards something else that God has for us to do. And watch this, not satisfied with where we are right now. Content. But when God wants to give you more, 
Why would you be satisfied? And I find that that is, that is the, one of the enemies of the church, that's that, 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 that complacency, where people get to a place where, you know, we, okay, we, our, our building is big enough, and our, 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 we got enough members, and we, we're taking in enough money. We got, you know, and they get to a place where they say, well, I can, I'll, I'll just, as, 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 the, as the man who planted the, 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 the garden, the garden, and he, he built, you know, built larger barns when his harvest came in, and he sat back and said, you know, listen, I got all of this right now. What else do I need? I'll just take my ease, eat, drink, and be merry. I'll just settle down. And he forgot the fact that there's always somebody else for him to bless. See, it wasn't a problem. That, I'm not preaching that parable, but the problem was not that his harvest came in. The problem was that he didn't, that the problem was not that he needed to big, bigger, bigger barns. It was stored. He was good, being a good steward of what God gave to him. But when he said, I'll just settle down now and take my ease and I will just eat, drink, and be merry, he forgot that the, what God gave to him was supposed to go to other people as well. There were some poor people there. There were some people in need there. He should have been saying, I'm not satisfied with doing what I, with what I've done. Not satisfied with just the harvest. Now I want to bless somebody. Amen. God says, you fool. This night your soul is required of you in heaven. We should never be satisfied. And so uh, Potter's House, the word that God told me to share with you, and I mean this. I know this is God's word to you. God has got more in store for you. Say it. I want you to proclaim it over your own life. God has got more in store for me. Say it again. Say it three times. God has got more in store for me. God has got more in store for me. God has got more in store. Do you believe that? Come on, give God praise for that right now. You just, you just spoke a prophetic word. The enemy heard you. The enemy heard you make that declaration. Now, the enemy wants you to believe that, no, where you are, you don't need anything. You don't need any more. And, and this is as far as you're going. But I want you to know that. I want you to have that deep down in your spirit that God has got more in store for you. Let's look at the scripture here. This is Abram. We know chapter 12, God calls Abram, leave your father's house, go to a land that I will show you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless those who bless you, curse those who, who curse you. Uh, I'm going to bless you, your descendants. They will be as, a sand, as, be as the dust of the earth. And he says, uh, he says, I bless those who bless you, curse those who, who curse you. And through you, all the nations of the world will be blessed. Abraham picks up, uh, takes up his, 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 his meager possessions at that time. Uh, and then uh, his wife, and, uh, Sarah, and then uh, Lot, his nephew you and they leave and when they leave he gets to a place in between Bethel and Ai he stops there pitches his tent there sets up his tent there and the scripture says there he builds an altar to the Lord he calls on the Lord and the Lord speaks to him and says to him I've got more in store for you <clears throat> and then check this out right after God speaks this to him there's a famine God says I've got more but then there becomes a lack because the famine was there to test Abram's faith. See, now, you make the prophetic declaration over yourself. We made it over the church. You even proclaimed it over others. But understand this, that when you make those declarations, Satan will send a famine to test and to try you to make you turn back from making that declaration. That means that even in the famine, you got to proclaim God has got more in store for me. Don't let lack make you think that that's your state in life. Don't, think, don't, think, don't let lack make you think that this is as far as it's going to go and it's over now. It's not. God has got more 
in store for you. The scripture says that Abram takes his family and they move to, uh, they move to Egypt. And while in Egypt, we know, I'm not going to go that whole story. Abram tells, his, uh, tells Sarai, say that you're my sister. <laughs> say that you're my sister because you're a beautiful lady. And, and the Egyptians, when they see you, they're going to they try to kill a brother. And so they're going to take me out to try to get to you. Now, this is what amazes me, Pastor Gerald, that Abram was 75 years old when the Lord called him. All right. He, go, he leaves. He leaves at 75. We don't know how old he was when he went into Egypt, but we know that he was at least 75. Pro- it, had not, it probably was not the year that he, moved, that he, he left, that, it, he, that the famine took place because he, he walked and they pitched his tent. He pitched a tent, which means he lived there for a while. All right. So he's more than 75 years old. And then the famine comes and he goes to Egypt. We don't know how old he was, but we do know he was beyond 75. And Sarah was at least 65 when they left, which means Sarah is over 65 years old. And Abram says, you a beautiful girl. They're going to want you. This woman is so beautiful that even after 65 years old, he's scared he may lose her. Come on, sisters. I need you to say I'm just as beautiful. Y'all ain't saying that like y'all mean it. You need to say that. Y'all, you need to say, I'm just as beautiful as Sarah. Amen, amen, amen. The scripture says that when, when they get to Egypt, the, he's, the, the, the scripture says that, that the men see Sarah, and they say, well, she's a beautiful girl. She belongs in the king's castle. And then the scripture says that Pharaoh brings her in, and they, Pharaoh discovers that uh, she's Abram's wife and not his sister. And, and the scripture says that she, uh, Abram goes out with great camels and, and uh, 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 livestock, and he goes out with silver and gold. And the scripture says here that we just read when he left uh, he left he, well, in, in between that time period, uh, Lot, uh, he and Lot. Their, 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 their men kind of get into a dispute. So Lot now has gone uh, to Sodom. And so now God speaks to Abram and he says to Abram, listen, I'm going I'm to bless you. And the scripture says this. Scripture says, I'm a, you know, I'm a point preacher. I got five points for you. Here's the first point. Here's the first point. Let me give it to you. First point is this. <sighs> Let me make sure I get it right. I'm going to give it to you the way that God gave it to me. Get this. First point is, you've got to believe God for more. Believe God for more. Say more. Come on, say, I believe God for more. This is the thing that gets me, uh, Pastor Gerald. The thing that gets me is that the scripture says that Abram left Egypt with silver, gold, cattle. He was a wealthy man, but he still believed God for more. God says it. The scripture says it. The scripture says, uh, let, me, let me make sure I read what it says here. The scripture says uh, that, that uh, where am I at here? In, in, yeah, in verse 2, and Abram was very rich in livestock and silver and in gold. Livestock, silver and gold. And he took his journey south. He was very, not just rich. The scripture says he was very rich. But then God spoke to him even in his wealth and said, I got more in store for you. I don't care how much you have. God's got more. Does anybody believe God God has more for you? God has more healing for you. God has more power. God has more for you to do. Not just more to give you, but more for you to do. I don't care if you minister to a thousand people, brought them into the kingdom of God. There's another one that needs to be brought into the kingdom. God has got more in store. You got to believe God for more. Say, I believe God for more. 
Come on, I, I believe God for more money. Only 10 of y'all need more money, huh? Say, I believe God for more money. I believe God for divine health. Now, now let, me, let me put this in parenthetically because this is my prayer. This is, what I'm, this is where I want from God. And you know I've been dealing with this cough <coughs> since, I, since I, I've been here. Um, and, but, but even though I deal with cough, I still prophetically proclaim divine health. I do, I do not proclaim divine healing. I don't. I don't proclaim divine healing. I proclaim divine health because healing means you get sick and then God heals you. Praise God for that. I proclaim divine health, which means you don't get sick. Come on, somebody. Come on. Say it. I believe God for divine health. I believe God can keep me from getting sick. Come on. I believe God. I believe God for my family. I want you to say it. I want you to. I believe God for my family. I believe God for my future. That's the song y'all just got finished singing. I believe God for my prosperity. I believe God that God will take care of me. See, y'all are saying it like y'all haven't had breakfast. Okay, even if you didn't eat, speak it and declare it before the enemy. I believe God for my future. I believe God will make a way for me. I believe God will supply all my needs. I believe no weapon formed against me will prosper. I believe I'm the head and not the tail. I believe I'm above and not beneath. I believe that I'm rich and not poor. I believe that I'm strong and not weak. Come on, tell God, I believe God. Now give God praise if you really believe him. You got to believe him for more. Second point, second point, second point. Second point is this. Watch this. You've got to know who more is for. I know. See, we get we 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 preach about prosperity and blessings and all that kind of stuff. But like I said about that rich man who was a fool, you got to know that the more is not just for you. Yeah. Yeah. And let me let me read what I'm show you what I'm talking about. You got to believe God. You got to believe who more is for. Get this. Get this. Get this. Get this. Help me, Holy Spirit. The Scripture says that that God. Where am I at? Verse uh, verse verse verse. Uh, yeah, yeah. God says, come on, in verse, verse 15, yeah, yeah, no, verse 15, for all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. God says, I'm not just going to give it to you and then let the family lose it. See, you've got to believe God for more for your children. You don't believe that. Let me give you scripture for that. A good man or woman leaves an inheritance to his grandchildren. I want to shout right here. Can I, I got to come down. A good man or woman leaves an inheritance not just to his children, but to his children's children. That's the second, that's the third generation. Which means now you can't leave anything to the third generation unless you have something for yourself. But then you got to have enough to leave for your children so your children can leave something for their children. Now, if you teach your children right, they'll be leaving something for their grandchildren that you left for them. And then their children will be leaving something for their grandchildren that you left for them. Which means all of what you get is passed down from generation to generation to generation. Which means you got to have a lot of stuff, baby, to leave something for generation. It's not just for you. It's for those coming after you. 
Potter's house? Ah, help me, Holy Spirit. You got to have a bigger building. Not, okay, somebody's saying, well, look, we don't fill this up. It ain't just for you. It's for those coming after you. It's for the generations that you will minister to and your children will minister to and your children's children will minister to. You need more land because it's not just for you. Say, it's not just for me. Let's pray a prayer right now. Lord, I believe you for more. And it's not just mine. It's for the generations to come. Now give God praise right there. You've got to know that the more is not just for you. Point number three. Point number three. Almost done. I'm almost done. I only got five. Point number three. Get this. You've got to expect much, much more. I'll give you time to write that one down. Now I know I already said believe God for more, but you've got to expect much, much more. Listen to this. I will make your descendants like the dust of the earth. God says to Abram, leave your father's house. Go to a land I'm going to show you and I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless those who bless you, curse those who curse you. And you all, the families of the earth will be blessed. And then Abram at one point begins to say to God, God, how... Lot has gone, and I don't have any Sarah. My wife is barren. She doesn't have any child. God says, no, you're going to have a child through Sarah. How many children did Sarah have? Come on, y'all know. What was Abraham's son's name? That was the only child that Sarah had. But God says, I'm going to make your descendants like the dust. If a man can number the dust of the earth, the sands, the, the, the seas, uh, uh, the, 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 the sands, the, the sands at the, the sea at the seashore, then that's how many children I'm going to give you. But God only gave him one child. And the Bible says that Abraham believed God. <laughs> and God accounted it to him. He only, watch this, he only saw one from Sarah, but he still believed that the dust of the earth and the sands of the sea would be his to say, you got to believe God for not just more, but much, much more. Believe God for much, much more of what God has promised you. Not just more and not just believe, but you got to expect. I told you on, I think on Saturday, I wake up every morning expecting God to bless me. Did you wake up expecting to come to church and be blessed? The reason why some folk come to church and don't get blessed is because they don't expect anything. You have to wake up. See, God meets you at the level of your expectation. Remember, he already said, I can do exceedingly abundantly more than you can ask or think. Which means if you expect God to do something, God's going to exceed your expectation. God delights in, in watch this, in surprising you. <laughs> I make this statement all the time. My members have caught it. Catch this. The statement I make, God never, watch this. God, rather, I said, I said it wrong. God never surprises me. He always amazes me. Yeah. See, to be surprised, you can't be expecting anything. But when you're, I'm not surprised because I expect God to do something, but I'm amazed as to how he does what he does. 
I'm expecting him to come one way, but God comes another way. I'm expecting God to make a way, but God don't just make a way. He provides for the next problem that I have as well. You have to have a spirit of expectation. Is anybody expecting God to do something for you? Expecting God to bless your children? Expecting God to bless your marriage? Expecting God to heal you if you're sick? I'm expecting, I'm ex- oh God, help me. I'm expecting, Pastor Gerald told me about no health issues he's kind of been dealing with. I'm expecting him to t- come back when I come back next year because I'm coming back next year. I don't care if y'all invite me or not. I'm coming back next year. I missed two years. I may come back. I may come back twice next year just to make up for the two years I did come. But I'm expecting him to tell me that the doctor said I don't have that problem anymore. Take your medicine, but expect healing. You hear what I said? Got doctor in the house. Don't stop taking the medicine, but expect to get off the medicine because God has healed you. Don't settle for the medicine. Praise God for the doctors, but expect the doctor to say, you don't need that anymore. We don't even see what we saw before. Come on, anybody expecting God? You got to expect him to do much, much more. Turn to somebody and tell them, expect. Say to somebody else, expect. Expect, just expect. Okay, here's, here's now. That's what God would do, but there's something you've got to do. Point number four. Point number four is this. You've got to go after more. See, that's the problem. A lot of us come to church, we make these declarations and everything, but then we leave church and we don't do anything. You have to go after more. Listen to what God says to Abram. Arise. Walk through the land, north, south, east, and west, and all the places that your feet touch, all the places that you see, I'm giving to you. Now, if Abram would have just sat in his tent and praised God, Y'all hearing me? Yeah. Uh, let me mess with somebody's mess with somebody's worship right now. If Abraham would have just sat in his tent and said, thank you, Lord. Praise your name. You're so worthy. You're so worthy. He wouldn't have got the more God promised him. Because yeah. see, after you leave church, you got to do something. Okay, maybe it's not here in the Potter's House and maybe not here in Durban, but in America, we got people who come to church. And I hate that statement. I hate that statement. When praises go up, blessings come down and people come to church they've lived any kind of wild way come to church when praises go up come on lord blessings come down but then they don't do anything they don't change how they're living they they they, they don't give up the sinful practices that they've had and they don't go after you got to go after the blessings that god has for you oh come on help me holy spirit help me holy spirit Uh, listen you need to know that we're in a fight you're not you're not sitting ringside watching other folk fight and you getting the prize. You've got to get in the battle yourself. You've got to go. That means you've got to wrestle with the enemy. You've you got to fight through some stuff. The more is not going to come with you sitting on the sideline just lifting your hands and praising. You've got to do something. You've got to have a strategy. First, you've got to have a plan. You've got to have, a, you gotta have, a, have the plan of where you want to go, how you want to get. But then you've got to get out and do something. So God says to Abram, arise. How many of you want another house, want a new home, house? Raise your hand high. Arise. Walk through the land. You're not hearing me. Please bless us with another house, Lord. Lord said, okay, now get up. Find the neighborhood you want to live in. 
Find the building or the land you want to build on. Arise, you go. And God says, where you go, that's where I'm going to give you. <laughs> I don't know if y'all have this problem here. You probably don't. But the problem that we, one of the problems I see, my, I tell my sisters, my sisters, they want to be married so bad. They want to be married. Lord, where's the, no more good men, that kind of thing. I said, well, what do you do? Well, I don't do anything. I come to church. I go home. I said, that's the problem. You, you got you to do more than just come to church and go home. Take yourself out. He's not going to, he ain't going to find you by ringing your doorbell saying, here I is. <laughs> marry me. And if a man does do that, you better not marry him. You better not marry him. <laughs> Fix yourself up. Take yourself. Listen, listen. Oh, God, I'm, on a, I'm into something now I know. Watch this. Sisters say, well, I don't like going out by myself. If you don't like your own company, don't expect nobody else to like your company. Take yourself out. Treat yourself. Listen, I buy myself a birthday gift every year. I turn 60 next year. I'm not going to tell you my party name, but I turn 60. I'm throwing myself a party. I'm not going to wait on somebody else to do it. I'm celebrating me. Turn to somebody, tell them, tell them, right, from, from this day forward. I'm celebrating me. Celebrating Amen. If you don't like it, then you keep on. That's, that's fine. But I'm going I'm to treat myself. I'm going to take myself on vacation. Y'all yeah. with me here? Yeah. You got to go out and grab life. Yeah, man. The kingdom of God comes with what? Violence. Yeah. And the violent do what? You got to take life. Happiness don't just come and ring your doorbell, sit in your living room and say, here I am. You got to go and find it. You got to go and make yourself happy. You got to go and do something. So get up and go after what God has for you. Arise and go. Turn to somebody tell them, arise and go. (laughs) Arise and do something. Tell them, arise and do something. And my, 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 some of my brothers, you know, some of my brothers, they're always complaining, always complaining, you know. And, and of course, we have the history of racism and, and that kind of thing in America and slavery, all that kind of stuff. There's still a lot of stuff that, you know, America has to deal with as it relates to race relations. But some of my brothers come and I get so sick of hearing, you know, what well, a white man this and a white man that, and they got their feet on my neck. And see, if they got their feet on your neck, that means you were already down. Yeah. Get up. Stop complaining. Stop, stop blaming other folk. Well, my daddy wouldn't hit. I didn't have a daddy. And my mama did. Listen, you a grown man, grown woman. It's time for you to get up and do something for yourself. Arise and go. Go after more. Turn to somebody and tell them, go after more. Say this, go after much, much more. That means after you got the more, you're going, still going after some more. Y'all with me here? Go after more. Last point. What's the first point I told you? Believe God for more. Second point. Know who the more is for. Third point. Expect much, much more. The last point I just gave you? Go after more. And here's the, here's the last one. This, this is where I'm closing right here. Watch this. Worship God some more. Worship him more. What do I mean by that? The scripture says that when Abram left, when Abram left, this is in chapter 12, when Abram left, he went uh, and he pitched his tent between Bethel and Ai, which means he put up a worship center. 
between Bethel and Ai. But then the scripture says that after God speaks to him in this chapter 13 and tells him, I'm going to bless your descendants. They're going to be at the sand of the sea. And I'm going all the land. If you rise and go, the scripture says after that, Abram built another altar. He didn't watch this. He didn't go, <laughs> help me, Holy Spirit. He didn't go back to the altar at Bethel and give God the same praise. He gave God a new praise. He said he promised me much, much more. I got much, much more worship for him. Much, much more, more adoration for him. You got to worship God some more. Don't let your praise from last week sustain you. You ought to give him a new praise. You ought to have a new song. You ought to have a new shout. You ought to have some new joy. Give him more worship. He deserves much, much more. Anybody know he deserves it? Because anybody know God has blessed you with already more, but he can bless you with much, much more? Give him more worship. <sighs> I got to close here. <laughs> it's amazing, and I love, I love the praise. I said on Friday, I've seen, this, I've seen this, this praise team and the worship grow here at, at Potter's House so much. But it amazes me that after the music stops, after people leave church, not here, but at home, they don't praise until the next Sunday. And if the praise team is a little off, they can't praise. Or if a certain, we have choirs, if a certain choir is singing, they'll sit there because they can't get with that particular choir. Because that choir's music don't move them. Baby, after God has done so much for you, you should need a choir to move you. Oh, my God, when you think about the goodness of Jesus and everything he's done for you, you ought to come into the gates with thanksgiving and into his course with praise. You ought to have much, much more praise for him. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to close right here. I have, <laughs> every day is not a good day. And something, I'm, Pastor Gerald's not going to tell y'all this. Other ministers, Pastor Margie is not going to tell y'all this. But sometimes preachers have bad days. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have given away the secret. Sometimes we don't feel like worshiping. It's just some problems going on. And, and we too have to offer up a sacrifice. Does anybody have to offer up a sacrifice of praise? Don't feel like getting out of bed on Sunday morning, just want to lay there, but you, you got to pu push through anyway. So in those times, in those times, maybe Pastor Gerald, maybe Pastor Margaret, they don't have those days. There are some days when I wish that I didn't have to go to church on Sunday morning. I'm not saying that I, it's not a lack of love for God, but sometimes I don't want to deal with people. Yeah. Okay, I'm not supposed to tell y'all that, huh? <laughs> don't tell Macedonia. I hope they don't watch this. <laughs> but there's some days I just, I, I'd rather just me and the Lord, just me and you, God. But, but I hear God saying, well, you got to go. Why, God? Because I blessed you. All right, I know you did. Wait, what, else, what, other, what other reason, God? I mean, I'm going to give you praise. Well, because you woke up today, and this is the Lord's day. You ought to go and worship. Well, what, what is the other reason, God? Because you're the pastor. <laughs> so you got to go. So on those days, I have, to, I have to give God a much, much more worship. So what I've done, Pastor Gerald, is I've named my legs. My left leg is Thanksgiving. My right leg is praise. So every step I take, I thank you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. So I enter into his gates 
with thanksgiving and I come into his courts with praise. I thank you, Lord, for another day. I praise you, Lord, for blessing me. I thank you, Lord, for keeping me. I praise you, Lord, for making a way for me. I thank you, Lord, for lifting me up. I praise you, Lord, because you're good all the time and all the time. Anybody got a thanks and a praise for the Lord? You got to give him. Come on, give him some thanks right now. Give him some praise right now. Give him more. Get, don't, no, no, not what you did earlier. Give him a new shout. Give him a new worship. Give him sing more glory to him. Give him more. He deserves much, much more. God has got more in store for the potter's house. And he's got more in store for you. You've been blessed. Give God a hand clap of praise. I'm done, Pastor Gerald. Please. Please hear this as not a sermon, but as God's word to you. Potter's house, please. If you are where you are, I told, I told Brother Cal, I want him to do something for me. I'm, I'm going to give away the secret. I hope you don't mind. I told him I want him to write out his vision plan for one year, December 31st, 2023, where you want to be, what you want God to do for you. Without vision, people do what? Perish. Write out your vision plan for one year, and then write your vision plan for three years. Write your vision plan for five years. Write your vision plan for 10 years, which means the vision plan says, this is what I believe God has for me. This is where I believe I'm, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be. Now, you start as God does. God starts at the, he knows the end before the beginning. You start at the end. This is what I want. Then you plot the course. Now, what do I need to do to get there? The benefit of that is it keeps you going on track so that you're not distracted. Can I just do this for one? One thing I've learned, if Satan can't stop you, he'll try to distract you. God has the path for you right here, but you'll see something over here that looks good, over here that looks good, and you'll sometimes get distracted. But a vision plan says, no, that's not in line with what God said to me. So I've got my vision plan. I'm, I, I, got, I have a destiny I have to reach. I have, I have a place I have to be next year, and I can't be distracted by these little things that tries to keep me off course. What is it that you want God to do for you? Write it down. Write it down. And then put markers. Okay, this is what I need to see along the way to make sure I'm doing all I'm supposed to do to get what God promised me he would do. You got to have a plan. And from the plan, you got to work the plan. And from working the plan, you're going to see the plan come to fruition. Somebody say to somebody else, it's going to manifest. Say to them, you're going to see it if you go after it. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Bless the Lord. Amen. Amen. Won't you just bow your heads wherever you are right now and we honor you, Lord. Amen. When God spoke to Abraham, he said to him, Look to the north, 
to the south, to the east, to the west. And then God said to him, enter into that, walk into it. Amen. Some of us, God has got a plan for our lives. But we've been waiting and we've been watching, but we've never been moving. I pray that this will be a season, not just of getting by, not just of just getting, uh, dealing with the situations, but this will be a season where you will enter into what God has spoken concerning your life. This will be a season where there will be an unfolding of dreams, unfolding of biblical patterns and plans that God has in store for you. Not only for your personal life, but for this spiritual house. Would you use a moment right now, wherever you are, just lift up a praise to the Lord. Say, Lord, reconfigure my mind. Reconfigure my thinking, my thoughts. Let me not settle, Lord. Let me never become complacent. Let me never be overcome by a spirit of mediocrity. But let me experience all that you have for me. Lord, you destined much, much more for me. I purpose in my heart this, mo this morning not to live below my God-given purpose. I, I purpose in my heart this morning not to live bet below my God-given identity, assignment, that the value and the grace that God has for me. Father, I pray today, I take off all limits. See, sometimes we've allowed limitations to be placed on us by others. Sometimes we have placed limitations on ourselves because of others. Sometimes we have not allowed ourselves to see more. I said this statement on Friday. I said, if you can see what you could be, you will never be satisfied being where you are. When you can see where you can be, you will never be satisfied of where you are. So Father, I pray today, let there be a stirring in the hearts of men and women. Let there be a stirring in the hearts of your sons and daughters. Father, I pray today, remove every impossibility, every impossibility thought in the name of Jesus. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen, 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 amen.